So welcome to the show on tonight. We have a special guest. This is Anthony Dream Johnson of 21 Convention fame. So welcome to the show. Hey, uh, good to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So uh, I'm glad you can make it. I know we've been working on this for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I got a whole log of questions over here I wanted to get to. But like just the first off, what's up with this election? I know you're a big Trump fan. Yeah, this is disappointing. Sure. Yeah, it sucks, man. I mean, yeah. I'm really, uh, I'm not a black pill yet on <laughs> politics and everything, but I get what people are. I mean, Trump, in my opinion, is one of the, from 2016 on, or 2015 when he announced, I guess, that's one of the only uh, good things to happen, I think, in politics in decades. That was very serious and large scale in terms of freedom, individual rights, uh, things. I'm a huge fan of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the basics, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first time in a long time that something like that's happened. I was a huge fan of Ron Paul, too, in 2012 and a little bit before that. But obviously, he was not able to clinch the nomination for the Republican Party and then obviously win. So right. Trump, you know, pulling that off was just massive, 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 massive. So to see this go on now, it's a bummer. Um, I'm still rooting for him. Hope he pulls it off. You know, Trump card, ace up his sleeve. We'll see. I'm all for it, man. If he wants to declare Insurrection Act, martial law, I don't give a fuck at this point. I really am convinced that there are uh, very serious uh, agitators from outside the country and within that do not care about the rule of law, are fully part of clown world, and long-term, uh, it's really, really dangerous stuff. I've been following, you know, Red Pill School on Twitter and uh, sharing a lot of his stuff, and I really like what he's done with, you know, following, reposting about the election uh, there and on the trp.red. But no, this is bad. I mean, you know, with Trump winning the, uh, the primary back in 2016 and then obviously the general, I think really, you know, the presidency has been controlled uh, by the party system for a long time. And guys like Pat, uh, Ross Perot and then Ron Paul and stuff, they weren't able to break through that. Trump did. And now, so I think, you know, they never had to steal a general. For them to not steal a general from somebody, an incumbent president too. I mean, it's just really super dangerous stuff. It's losing your country uh, without question, I think, if this happens. And I think you and I are politically that, aligned in that sense about more towards yeah. the populist movement. Definitely, uh, definitely my yeah. my cup of tea. I was a big Ron, Ron Paul fan and, and Ross Perot yeah. fan back in the nineties. Nice. I was so. a kid. I was in like elementary school, and I, or no, I was in kindergarten when that was going on. Oh, geez. But I've obviously you know I've read about it, and uh, now even I mean even the debates you know system after Ross Perot they rigged that shit too. That's good so point. every time every time something happens that's significant and positive for you know individual freedom and human life, they just fucking find a way to to siphon it and twist the fucking life out of it. And at this point, you know, if an incumbent president can have an election stolen from him, uh, what the fuck else is there to do? We're running out of boxes, you know, uh, jury box, ballot box, all that. So that sucks, man. It's dangerous. Plus all the debt. The country's in $200 trillion of debt. The lockdowns, COVID, all this globalism crap. Yeah, bad shit. So how did you guys navigate COVID for the convention this year? Was it just pushed? Don't yeah, we, we, we pulled it off, man. We actually did three events at the same time. Oh. Um, yeah, that was the first time. We always do one at a time, and then sometimes multiple per year. In 2012, we did three. We did one in Texas, London, and then Australia. And then after that, we usually did one or two a year. Uh, for example, we did two in Florida back in 2016. But usually, we just do one. That's simple. You know, you can focus all your attention on it, all the marketing, all, everything, right? But 2019, we did three uh, individually. We did uh, two in Florida, one in the spring, one in the fall. We did one in Europe. 2020, that was kind of the same plan. Then COVID hit. Hmm. So I had to cancel the European event in Poland. We were going to do in uh, Krakow, Poland. Last year, we did Warsaw. 
and we had two events in the spring, a fatherhood event, the patriarch edition of 21, and then the brand new 22 convention to make women great again. <laughs> so I had to cancel the summer event in Europe and move the spring events to the fall. And then I decided to combine that with the fall event rather than doing, you know, events back to back, which I thought would be stupid, you know, September and then October, it's just ridiculous. So okay. I decided to crunch them together. And I was confident, you know, the governor, uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida, I was not aware of him really before he ran for governor. Uh, so I don't really know much about him, but I voted for him and supported him, donated a little money and stuff. And he's been just kicking ass, like super exceeded my expectations. I think he's been such a badass governor in such a big state. Uh, it's not Trump level uh, success for individual freedom and rights, but it's been pretty badass, pretty massive. And seeing what's going on there around the country and around the world outside of Florida, man, it just sucks. But with regard to the convention in Florida, uh, I was confident that the governor would pull through, that he would be able to, you know, with the county city governments kind of lock shit down from his level as the governor of the state and get things back to normal. And they were pretty quick. Um, in Florida, I never stopped going to the beach. I was able to go to the gym, even at the worst points of all this bullshit. Uh, most gyms were closed down, but I had access to a private one a friend of mine owned. And uh, yeah, life, is, life has been pretty normal in Florida compared to the rest of the United States. I think Florida and South Dakota have been had the two best governors for this whole, you know, globalist fucking fiasco. Yeah, so I was just down been... in Florida myself a few weeks ago. I absolutely affirmed nice. that. I saw it myself. What city? Uh, Orlando. And then we uh, did oh. a quick stop over to uh, Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm in Orlando. Orlando is like a fucking blue uh, blueberry and a tomato soup, I guess. All these college chicks, UCF, uh, there's like a billion colleges around here that makes it blue. But even considering that, you know, Florida's just been so awesome. And I think also with tourism and the, you know, Disney and shit, in California, they were not successful, I guess, in figuring that shit out or pushing the governor to do something better. But in Florida, you know, they wanted the tourism back. They wanted the money back. And even with that, you know, they've been firing people left and right. If Disney fired, I think, 5,000 people like a week before the convention, Rosen Hotels, uh, which we've used before for our events a couple years ago, they fired 4,000 people finally. That was in se late September. Hmm. And our event was October 1 to 4. So right at the beginning of or October. But we pulled sure. it off. I found a venue that was going to be... Technically, there was a mask mandate in Orange County, but it was unenforceable in terms of it had zero penalty. Hmm. Criminal, civil, nothing. No money, nothing. So a lot of places would have like a mask sign and then you just, you know, you wouldn't fucking wear it. Nobody would care. And then some gay places would like Whole Foods would be like all Nazi about it and shit. But you just go somewhere else, you know, fuck Whole Foods. But I found a, a hotel that where they were like, all right, if you do social distancing seating, which is a six feet apart, which is pretty normal anyway for a conference, unless you pack three people into a table, they're like two to a table and you don't got to worry about masks. Just don't worry about it. And you're part of the hotel. We rented out a whole conference area, uh, three conference rooms, plus a workshop room, plus interview rooms, all kinds of stuff. And they're cool about it. And the feminists tried to cancel it too at the last minute. I was hiding the venue from them. We usually hide it from any, everyone anyway. We don't announce it just because it has to do with the manosphere, pickup artistry, red pill. I mean, since day well, one, we've had that, so that kind I'm of I'm going to have to stop you right there. For yeah. those that don't know, what is the convention that we're talking about right now? Oh, yeah. The 21 convention. Mm -hmm. uh, so I how mean, did actually, that come about? It's a really well, interesting story. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's three events actually this year too. So before I continue the history... It was the main event that people know on YouTube and, you know, all over the world and stuff. The 21 convention, that's for men at this point. We also started last year, the 21 convention, Patriarch Edition, for fathers. So it's the same kind of event, but it's 100% of the speakers are fathers. You have to be a biological father. Hmm. And the attendees are mostly fathers, obviously, but a few guys are not. And then we started the 22 convention to make women great again. And that's exclusively for women with all male speakers. 
Hmm. And then I let one woman speak at the 22 at the last minute. Who so, is that? Uh, Jennifer Molesky, oh, no anti-feminist anti YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. I reached out to her to do an interview with her uh, when we first got started as a channel. I'll have to yeah. follow back up with her. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We actually had a female centric show for a while, but uh, my co-host, yeah. she got pregnant and needed nice. to take a break. So wiped up, knocked up. There you go. Yeah. So she'll be back. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. It's, it all comes full circle, you know? Yep. Well, the 22. Mm -hmm. So the history of the event, uh, that's the whole thing in itself. The basic idea is that I was 17 years old. I had found the pickup artist community. I was in high school, senior high school, and I found uh, all fast seduction, MASF. And then a couple months into that, one of the guys I was you know, chatting with in the DMs and stuff, he was like, hey, check out the game, Neil Strauss. That was basically my introduction to the Manosphere, uh, the pickup artist community and all that. And then one year later, not even, in the summer of 2006, I was a few weeks out of high school, I was on the Mystery Method forums that was the main form that I liked rather than fast seduction or RSD and stuff like that. And so I was on there and I was posting in the uh, under 21 section they had for young guys. And it was kind of a derelict part of the form. A lot of guys in it, but nobody gave shit about them because they, you know, they wanted to sell eBooks and shit like that back then, you know, all these courses, mm -hmm. DVDs and stuff. And when you're 18, you know, you didn't have $800 for the DVD CD combo set they would sell with free shipping, you know, all the shit they would sell. So they had all these young guys like me that wanted to learn about picking up women, getting better with women, you know, all that. And it was just kind of a, you know, forgotten part of the form, but I was posting all the time pictures and stuff too, which real back then was really rare. I'd go out make out with girls, pick girls up like caveman shit. And these young guys were like, holy shit, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, like I'm not really that good, but I can get, I can get makeouts and shit. Like, you know, not getting laid, but I can make out with them, which is better than nothing when you're like 18 and, you know, MySpace is still a thing back then. Oh, wow. Anyway, yeah. I had a uh, basic idea to have a meetup group because I was meeting up with guys in the pickup artist layer in Orlando. There's a Tampa Orlando layer called Top Layer, one of the best in the country back in the day. It was huge. And we had meetups every once in a while, approachathons, we called it. We'd meet up at a place in Orlando, like 30, 40 of us. We'd have like some guy would give a talk. It was usually older and was a little bit better with women or at least approaching, like cold, cold approaching kind of shit. And we'd all go out for a couple hours and we'd buddy up and just go approach harass women basically in the streets of city walk at universal studios and you know malls and shit it was all good fun nobody got hurt nothing bad happened none of the uh, me too shit you know that we see today and uh, i wanted to do that for young guys so i posted that idea i was like hey we should have an under 21 meetup in orlando where i live we do this all the time for the lair it's but it's a lot of older guys and i was the youngest guy in the lair at that point i was the last guy who was a minor they let in because then after that, they let some other kid in and his parents found it and they fucking flipped their shit. So obviously from that day forward, they were like, no more of this, the minors and shit. Anyway, I posted that idea and guys went ape shit. And one guy very quickly, a couple posts uh, after the first one, it was hundreds of posts after a couple of days. He was like, hey, you should have some speakers and make it a convention. And I was just like, yeah, an under 21 convention. And everyone's like, yeah. And there's this massive amount of enthusiasm for it. And basically, I just started organizing it, putting it together. I'm like, hey, we could do it about a year from now. I've never done this before, but you know, I'll figure it out. And I ended up kind of scouting hotels in Orlando because I lived here. I was the only guy in the forum who lived in the area. And I started putting it together. And a few months into it, I signed a hotel contract at uh, Holiday Inn, actually. And that was, you know, that was kind of the final moment. That was the, uh, the do or die. I was like, holy shit, this is real. I'm responsible. For I didn't understand contract law that much, but I knew I was responsible for something big paying the hotel and all that I had to put down a credit card my mtv credit card my first one i ever had you know mtv visa some shit 
And that was that. Once I made that announcement, I got some, was able to get some speakers, uh, including one from, at that time, Mystery Method. He got fired right before the event. Spear, he was working for Mystery and Matador. I remember him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mihao, though, came out, and he was still on good terms with them. So the, back then, these are huge speakers. Mihao, you know, guys from Mystery Method and stuff. Even uh, Chris Orleans, from who worked for, at the time for Vindicarlo, which was a big dating company back in the day. It sold a lot of products mm -hmm. and stuff for that. So I put it together and guys, uh, I didn't know how to charge money online, PayPal and shit like that. I was like, I don't get it. You know, just bring money to the event, bring cash. I was like, if you want to come though, RSVP so we know how many people to get. And so we're just, we're just assuming these people are going to show up and pay, right? And uh, they ended up coming out. About 80 guys showed up out of 110, 120 RSVPs. That's pretty good in, actually. Yeah. About half of them came from Florida, 30, 40 from Florida. And other ones came in from the guys were flying in. That was the crazy part. They were flying in from Australia, Sweden, Canada and shit. So very quickly, you know, we're kind of looking around and we see guys, I can see guys I know. My buddies were kind of there and speakers and stuff. And then we're seeing guys from Florida and then guys that, you know, are obviously have accents and stuff. And we're like, holy shit. And we find out, you know, they flew across the world for this. And then I had a, um, someone volunteered to film it too. That was kind of very key, you know, early part to what is still famous today, the videos some college student from California volunteered to film it for free. And then he did, and he did a decent job. I think at the time we got lights from like Sears and shit and Home Depot, like just all this cheap shit we ended up returning, but he had a nice camera from college or something. So he filmed all the speeches, audio, all this stuff. And then after that, I was so, uh, I really hated the extreme overpriced price gouging of the pickup artist community back then. Someone would have filmed dog shit on a phone or something like this shitty fucking in-field camera of whatever the fuck you couldn't hear anything see anything it would cost like 300 dollars, and it was like this garbage and i just hated it it was so overpriced and such low quality and we had these awesome videos these speeches that are super super good looking they were like 1080p hd which back then was a big deal and i was like hey let's put them out for free and once i announced that everyone was like fuck yeah and went ape shit hmm. and that was kind of the dawn of the the company that we see now free to the world film all the videos kind of the basics of what we do speeches attendees yeah. And then at the end of it too, it wasn't even a business. It was a hobby project basically. So uh, at the end of the conference, a couple of the attendees came up to me and they were like, Hey, when's the next one? And I was 18 at that point. Uh, I just turned 18 a few weeks uh, before the event or whatever. And I was like, uh, next summer, same time. And I was, and they're like, okay, cool. And then I'd realized I'm like, holy shit, I just committed to doing another one of these. And I was in college at the time. I was a freshman. Like this is all like so brand new to me. But I was really into the pickup artist community. I love going out, picking up girls or trying to anyway. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And meeting the guys, like I assume though, that did, I started getting laid like right after that first convention. So that was kind of the, I think it was a big energy boost, but also just meeting a lot of guys who were like motivated. They wanted to get better with women. They sucked with women. Uh, it was just a big, uh, very positive, positive boost in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of guys learn that way too. Even to this day, the meetups of the events, the face-to-face the -face connection, it's just powerful. And as we get more disconnected today with social media and all this, you know, now COVID and shit. Yeah. You get less and less of that. Totally understand. Now, you know, looking at some of the newer stuff, the, the format has shifted a little bit. Yeah. At what point was the, the decision made, the demarcation between the old school PUA style versus moving into what the whole industry has done now is uh, yeah. more self-help, more holistic uh, self-improvement. Yeah. So that was actually way back in the day. I got a lot of heat for doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically the first couple events, the first two were called the under 21 convention for young men. You know, I was 17, mm -hmm. then 18, then 19. 
was getting older and I realized the name was not going to last forever. It would be weird to do an under 21 event at 23 years old, 25 years old. So in 2009, I had to chop the name out or I had to basically change the name. Like, what am I going to call it? I almost called it the under and over 21 convention, but I knew that was like barf. I just fucking hated it. It made sense, but it was like, it's just d- d- ridiculous. It sucks. So one day I had the idea, finally, just chop the under out of the under 21 convention. I had the 21 convention, which is a much more, um, maybe not generic, but like, uh, I don't know, bold. It was something you could imprint on, like paint, like a painting now. It was no longer under something. It was just the 21 convention. You can make that kind of whatever you want. People might ask, is he a blackjack or some shit like that? But that's about it. It's a bit more concise, so, succinct, and it's uh, it's good branding. Yeah, thanks. So we did that. And as soon as I did that, I also, at the same time, coincidentally, wanted to bring on a personal trainer to the event. A guy who was pretty big, uh, Drew Bay. He ran oh, Bay.com. Yeah, we, we yeah. trade. Uh, uh, I see him on uh, Twitter all the time. We're always. Yep. Yeah. yeah he's been around. There. He's been in fitness and high intensity training exercise for decades. Bay.com has been online since like 1996. I mean, old school shit. So I was introduced to him through a friend in Orlando, one of the first speakers. And then we met and I was like, Hey, I run this conference for guys, you know, now it's for men. It used to be for young men. It's mostly about picking up chicks, but I think, you know, health should be part of it too. And I want someone to do that. And I think you can do it. And he's like, all right. You know, we kind of met at his house, been with your workout on a, you know, motorized fancy kind of machine he had at the time. And so we just built a relationship. He's like, yeah, I'll come speak. Why not? And he did. And we put that out and went viral, got uh, 200,000 views within a few months. It's pretty solid back then. Oh yeah. And then it's, through- it's pretty solid now. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, uh, but through him, he had a lot of connections to Doug McGuff, MD, a doctor, mm-hmm. a lot of other fitness guys. And I was really into that content uh, back then. I was like, Hey, let's get more of these guys. And I, as soon as I did that 2009, a little bit, but 2010, when I got more fitness guys, that's when the pickup artist guys got pissed. Cause they saw what I was doing. I was making it a uh, more general kind of self-improvement focus for men, still including a whole bunch of dating coaches, pickup artists and stuff at the time. But I was also not including other guys that had nothing to do with that. They weren't hostile to the pickup artist stuff. They just wanted, I wanted to make the event more comprehensive panoramic eventually is what I called it. And I got a lot of hate mail from guys who were angry. They're like, this is a pickup conference and you'd focus on pickup. Like oh, there's guys who were basically autistic or spurgy. They're obsessed with picking up girls to the point of absurdity that they won't even allow any other focus for life uh, at a conference for men. Like, nope, so it has to be, it was founded in the pickup artist community. It's got to stay that way forever. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. You don't control shit. So that was 2010. And that was a big year in particular, not just because the fitness guys, but we got Mark Sisson to speak. Uh, if you know him, mm-hmm. he's an author for uh, the primal blueprint. It's uh, yeah. Mark's daily apple, isn't it? Mark's daily apple. Yeah. Yep. He sold uh, one of his companies to Heinz ketchup uh, like a year and a half ago for like $200 million at this mm. point. So he's been, he's just a mass. I love the guy. He's, he writes amazing content on, you know, nutrition, lifestyle, eating awesome stuff, but he was huge. even back then it was a big deal. And that he was such a big win in health and fitness, the whole industry, so much credibility and such a great speech and all that. From that point forward, it became very easy between the fitness guys and him to get, uh, whatever kind of speakers he wanted, uh, almost within health and fitness. So more, even more doctors, PhDs, all kinds of stuff. And through that, that made it easier over time to find guys uh, even beyond that. You know, 2017 at the convention when it was, uh, you know, sticky on the red pill and stuff, we had Joe Navarro speak at the event, uh, ex-FBI agent, 25 year special agent. Uh, he hmm. spent a lot of his time as a dangerous personality profile profiler. He's written the biggest book in the world on body language. Uh, what everybody is saying, I think is the title. 
it's like thousands of reviews on Amazon and shit. Hmm. So we've had, you know, it's been a, I started very early on. Uh, I was interested in health and fitness and that really has spiraled into not anything in the world. Like we don't have talks on fucking basket weaving, but anything really important to uh, masculine self-improvement to becoming the best man you can be and navigating the world as a man specifically. And then that eventually went into fatherhood in 2019, patriarchy. And then now even for women, finally make women great again, which I had that idea, not make women great again, but 22 convention for women. But I really was lacking a, like a theme for it and a mission. I was like, what is the point of this though? Like feminine self-improvement, like, eh. You know, tricks on end of that felt like self-improvement very much, right? So by make women great again, I knew the minute I fell in love with it, man, 2018, when I found the hat and I put it together, I had, to, I had 20 of them made immediately uh, in 2018, right before the convention, I figured this out and wove it into my speech at the convention that year. The future is still masculine. And uh, it's been it's been wild ever since this year went, I don't know, you were of it going viral in the media and stuff. Uh, which aspect? The Oh yeah, the 22. I saw, I saw yeah. that it did, but I didn't see the actual clips. Yeah, I mean, it went, we reached this year with 22Con and Make Women, Great, Make Women Great Again, we reached 150 million people on the internet through social media. Uh, celebrities, uh, Alyssa Milano was bitching about it, George Takai, Sulu from Mr. Star Trek. Right. Uh, Piers Morgan, I did a 20 minute interview with him on Good Morning Britain, New York Post, New York Times. Hmm. And through social media and stuff, they were able to broadcast it to about 150 million people on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Big channels went after it on YouTube with millions of subscribers. Curtis Connor, a little comedian, he did a video on it to 2 million subscribers and it's got three and a half million views now, just about. Wow. Yeah. So it's been wild, super wild year. You know, that was all before COVID and then through COVID and then the event. So this whole year has just been like fucking like a hurricane. Yeah. How much do you find it that where, what is it? Uh, there's no such thing as bad, uh, no news is bad news. You know what I'm talking about, where it's yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Brain fart. All press, the, uh, all press is good press. Yeah, it did just. Yeah. How how true do you find that, or do you think that some of yeah. the uh, the hit pieces may actually have hurt you in some way? That's a good question. Um, I think it's it was all help. I didn't see anything that was really. I was on the lookout for that kind of stuff. Anything that was so manipulative and so twisted, like they do that to Trump, like they really go above and beyond to fuck this guy over and anyone associated closely with him, right? With us, they weren't quite as heavy-handed. There was a few that were like, oh, they're a bunch of racists and stuff. Like big websites, which is just fucking delusional. Uh, we had like a bunch of black guys speaking with us, which is pretty f not on purpose. This is what we're doing. So they were called racist and shit. And one of them was even putting like a white hat on, like, oh, he's a KKK now. This black guy uh, speaks with us. Because these, mm -hmm. these are, this is absurd. I mean, there's there's mm -hmm. nothing to do. It's not even, it's nothing to do with race. Like it's uh, about women and men and masculinity and femininity. So yeah, stupid bullshit like that. But that was probably the worst of it. Uh, you know, they were pissed. I mean, they were trying to protest it. They were trying to cancel the venue. So I usually hide the venue, for example, for our main events for the men. I hide those from the public and only the attendees get it once they buy a ticket. Tickets are like $1,000 minimum. So it's a big buy-in. Mm -hmm. So if you want to find the venue normally, 2018, 2019, you could do that. If you want to drop $1,000 and then try to get it back with a chargeback or who knows what, right? If you're the media or someone trying to fuck with the event or feminist or something. Well, this year, I, I knew that there had to be some women that bought a ticket that were just absolutely agitators. They had nothing but bad intentions for the event. They wanted to find it and fuck it up. We found groups on Reddit and on Facebook, big big groups and uh, you know th threads and stuff. They were trying to find the venue over and over and over again, hundreds of posts trying to find it. Thankfully, Orlando has like 500 hotels. So it's like a fucking wild goose chase. 
and even Planned Parenthood, I heard was trying to get into it, all kinds of shit. So trying to, trying to club, basically cancel culture and just cancel, call the hotel months ahead of time, bitch about it. You know, the racist, misogynist, all, whatever the fuck they would have to say, sexist, you know, who knows and cancel it. And then, you know, you're fucked. Then you have to go to another venue and then the, their process just repeats. So this year, what I did is I didn't tell anyone where the venue is at, not even the speakers, only me and my staff knew where the venue is at until, um, 72 hours, about three days before the event. So even the attendees, we booked all the attendees hotels, they emailed us, we booked the room. Hmm. And they had to pay for it when they got there. You know, it's not the ticket unless they had VIP. But then uh, they didn't even get the venue until last minute. We sent it out Sunday night. The event started on Wednesday night for the men. And by Tuesday, they were calling the hotel, the feminists and shit, calling it. And the, the GM came and talked to me and stuff because their phones were just getting fucking blown up. So they ended up siding with us and keeping us at the venue, zero problems. I think just because it was at the last minute, obviously, like I intended. I knew they would probably try to do this shit. And then money talks. So we paid for everything. Uh, you know, the feminists are just people on the phone bitching, screaming at them with no money. Me, on the other hand, I have money in hand and like, you know, over hundred people come to your hotel during COVID too, no less. Right. Right. So yeah, we, act, I mean, we lost, I think a lot of people due to COVID. I mean, speakers, we had people from Europe that couldn't come, you know, cause of flight restrictions and COVID and shit and quarantine. I think the only international speaker we had came from the Dominican Republic. I was able to get him a flight at the last minute, but yeah, COVID was a pain in the ass, but we pulled it off. And uh, three events at the same time. It was a ton of fun, man. A lot of good content. It's going to piss off a lot of people. Educate well, a lot of people too. Well, you, that is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, the cancel culture is a pain in the ass. Getting back into the the conferences and all that, all, how it all got started. Uh, at what point did you make the, the decision and what drove the decision to switch from the old format to the new? Because I know the pricing structure, it changed dramatically too. Yeah. And that's I, I'm sure that probably put a lot of people off as well. Yeah, the pricing structure change uh, structure changed. Let's see, well, in the beginning it was super cheap. I was basically, uh, I would say, I had just issues with money. You know, being having the balls to charge people a good price on something, so I'd always kind of downplay it. So the first event was forty bucks to attend, two thousand seven. Mm. It was twenty bucks if you're a Florida resident, so super fucking cheap. We had barely enough money to pay for the hotel. On the first event, for a year's worth of work, I made a hundred bucks. Like literally 11, 12 months worth of work, I made $100 profit. And I had no money to back this up. So if the attendees had not shown up in 2007, I would have not had enough, you know, even, even a couple guys missing would have not had enough money. I had no money at the time. I was fucking 18, you know, college kid. 2008, I increased it to 100 bucks. And that was like a big deal. It's a $100 conference for three days. This is a three-day event at a nice hotel, like four-star hotel and shit. And these prices are ridiculous, right? I didn't know any better. I wasn't, it wasn't even really a business at that point. It was still kind of a hobby project that just took up a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And the videos were changing that over time. The more videos we accumulated, the more the media empire kind of started snowballing. Um, 2009, we charged, let's see, about 200, 225. And that was still a big deal. But people, we had the most guys ever at that event up to that point. We had like 100 guys show up, 110. Oh, wow. So it was getting, building up steam, even I increased the price. Uh, 2010, we upped it to about 400 bucks. So it's been incrementally increasing and then kind of paused lately. But the big change was 2012, uh, the full price was 749, so 750. And then 2014, I took 2013 off. I was exhausted from 2012. We did three events. I had no employees at the time or even really people that worked with me other than like a director. So I put on three events around the world the, you know, throughout that year. 2013, I took off. 2014, that was the, the price change, pretty close to modern. And that was 1500 bucks full price. 
And the opening price in 2014, I think was 999 or 1099. So about a thousand dollars. And that's kind of where it's at today. The full price is higher at 2499 if you wait till the door. But mm. if you buy early, it's like 999, a thousand bucks. And then now we're doing since 2019, we started to do a lot more bring a friend free. So 2020 this year it was all bring a friend free, basically, like the whole year for all of it. And so not everyone does, but a lot of people do, and they can split it. They can come uh, for 500 bucks a pop, basically. Or more likely if they buy you know, three months after we launch, it's like 13, 1400 bucks. They can bring a friend, split that or not. Some people drop for the VIP, drop an extra thousand that gets in the hotel room, uh, for like up to five nights at the event. And then, uh, other benefits too: front row seating, an extra dinner with the speakers, all kinds of stuff. I'm actually a huge fan of Steve jobs. So that's why the price is what it is. I get bitched at for this, right? People see the, the sticker price and they get sticker shock. Mm -hmm. So most conferences, they make all their money by giving you a cheap ticket or even a free ticket sometimes, usually a cheap ticket. They gut it as much as they can. They get you in the door and they sell you endless bullshit. Uh, all of it. And the whole time it's fucking upsells to workshop, private workshops, this, that, you know, buy my course, buy this, buy that. It's just fucking buy, 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 buy. Oh, you want the videos from the event? That'll be another fucking couple hundred bucks for the video course, right? 300 bucks here, 400 bucks there, conference, workshop, all this. I hate all that. Uh, I love the simplicity that Steve Jobs was a champion of. You buy basically one fucking product. You have one choice, maybe two. And this can piss people off too, but with the conference, I think it works really well. So since day one of the convention, the videos have been free. Uh, eventually, we started offering like a premium version of that, DVDs and stuff. Now, I couldn't give those away for free. That was just ridiculous. But uh, now what we do these days is I want everyone to get the videos for free. And especially when they attend, I want like premium access for them. So now, uh, past couple of years, since 2015, they get a one-year pass to 21 University, which is like a Netflix we built. Hmm. And that's like 200 bucks a year. So they attend, they get everything built in, they get a dinner with the speakers, they get an awesome conference experience. It's four days long or four and a half, counting Wednesday night, they like a meetup kind of thing, meet, meet and greet. They get all the videos too uh, on 21 University. Uh, before, usually weeks or months before they go on YouTube, which they're then they're free again for everybody. So I try to just compress everything into one. That's what the price is, what it is. Rather than right. piecemealing it, upselling people through the fucking ass. I hate that. I hate it personally. And I think most people prefer a simple, like premium experience. And if you're going to fly, most guys to the event fly in. They're not driving in. Oh, very few live in Florida. They, they, you know, they fly in from around the world sometimes and there's no COVID shit. Hmm. So I want it to be simple and easy for them. And that's it. Not, uh, you know, in the back, you know, hawking, you know, buy this, buy that. Even the workshops are free. We added in that now, added in now with the speakers. So the speakers volunteer to do a workshop, two-hour workshop, private, not even filmed, and they get access to that uh, at the event. It's limited, usually 20, 30 people. But yeah, it's pretty sweet. All right. So kind of moving on from the uh, the business aspect, more towards the personal life. Now, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but okay. So usually when we have guys on to our private community and we kind of work with them, the first questions we run through is, we run them through is, what is your mission? What are some of your goals to achieve that mission? And how do you define yourself? Hmm. So just off the top of your head, how would you answer those questions if somebody, if you were, if you were, you know, in our workshop or in our, uh, in our yeah. community and we were grilling you on these questions, what would it be? Yeah, those are big, deep questions. That's good. That's good. Uh, I mean, my missions are always changing. Like I'm always in the middle of doing something big. Uh, this year it's been, I mean, fucking surviving all this crazy COVID shit, right? As a business entrepreneur, it's been, you know, complicated to say the least, you know, canceling this, moving that, doing this, doing that. So my missions are always changing, I would say over time, but they're always linked to the previous one. They're not changing completely. Like, uh, and 
I would say too, that I am so linked to my business that there's not a lot of separation for better or for worse between the personal and professional life. So Anthony Dream Johnson, you know, my legal name is Anthony Paul Johnson, but Anthony Dream Johnson is what I'm known as on the internet as an entrepreneur. But that and all the slogans and missions that I do, positive media for men, destroying the feminist establishment, abolishing feminism, making women great again, rebuilding the patriarchy. These things are real for me. And the goals I would say to those missions that I keep updating over time, uh, each one building off the previous usually. The fatherhood, for example, event that we do now, the patriarch edition, came from the main event for men, which came from the uh, event for young men back in the day. Now the women's event came you know, uh, post the fatherhood event and the men's event. Now we're doing all three at the same time, which is its own thing. I mean, this year we launched two new events basically, the 21 Summit and 22 Convention at the same time. 21 Summit's just a combination of the three events. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm always in the thick of doing something in the middle of it that I don't really think, like even as an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur now technically for 14, 14 and a half years. I don't think in terms of goals other than just a major obvious one, like I'm doing an event in you know eight months or six months or 11 months or something. So those are my goals to the events, you know, whatever's in front of me, I'm the thick of fucking doing it. I'm not much for doing like, you know, boards and this and that, uh, you know, I don't know, writing shit out like that. I do a lot of journaling, but yeah, I'm just in like in the moment, man, like whatever the fuck I got to do this year to make women great again. Uh, yesterday it was make women thin again. That's more of a gag, obviously pissed off a lot of people. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I so, do. I will. I will say that I do want to. Positive media for men is a huge, huge component of what we do. That's foundational to all of it. The events. People see me as a conference organizer, and I am. But really, I'm more of like a media, but like a small media empire. And I use the events as a content production, uh, you know, opportunity to do that. That are really high quality stuff. It's very hard and difficult to put it together. You know, it's hard for anyone else to do that unless you're that dedicated to do it, and then to do it long term, over and over and over again. We've had 19 events now. Uh, or even 21 counting the three we did this year, if you count it that way. Hmm. So we've done like so many of these events, almost two dozen now, and we film like a shit ton of stuff. And I'm just so engrossed in that day to day to day to day to day to day that not much else really occupies my time. All right. So let me break this down. There's the way you've described it. This is the way I kind of interpret things. Hmm. So your mission is to be a successful businessman and entrepreneur. Your goals are to put on these conventions, successful conventions, to reach that, to attain that mission. And then how you might define yourself would be as a traditional conservative, perhaps, or old fashioned mm. uh, entrepreneur. Old fashioned entrepreneur is good. The traditional conservative stuff, like I'm not enemy, I'm not an opponent of that stuff so much, but I don't consider myself a conservative uh, politically or really many other ways. More populist um, then? I just say American. Like There you go. Yeah, just American. Like I dig it. Founding Fathers, Declaration of Independence, kind of American. Ron Paul, Republican. Ron Paul slash Trump, Republican, so to speak. But All at the right. end of the day, my loyalty is to you know the founding, the foundation of the country, the Declaration of Independence, to the Founding Fathers, particularly Thomas Jefferson and, and Washington. Hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, the traditional conservative stuff. I mean, dude, I don't, I don't blame you guys when you make fun of the trad cons and call them trad cucks and shit. <laughs> like for all the good stuff they do, they'll do a lot of other dumb shit. Uh, you know, at the same time, um, I'll say too, though, that, you know, you mentioned being a successful business owner and, you know, entrepreneur and stuff. Yeah, of course. Like I'm running a business. I want to succeed in that as I, as best I can and continue doing better and better and better over time, which has been the, traje the trajectory of my life. Uh, thank God or whatever. I well, say if whatever you were... because I'm not religious, but I read you. 
Now, if you weren't doing this, like what would be, what else could you imagine yourself doing? If the internet shut off tomorrow, if the conventions had to stop. It might, it might, right? Well, I was just saying, if it uh, it ever did, or if you never got into this, uh, this industry, what do you think would have been Anthony's, you know, uh, mirror universe kind of career? That's a really good question because as you might have guessed, based on the history, I've never done anything else, literally. Hmm. Uh, I've had other, when I was young, I had odd jobs. I worked at Circuit City, Sears, selling TVs and shit. That's why I got the lights from Sears because I fucking worked there at the time. And I quit like a week later. I part-time, you know, selling TVs and shit, you know, appliances. I don't know, man. I really don't know. Uh, it's never it's never been a serious interest because I've never had to do anything else because I'm always doing what I love, which is running my company, 21 Studios, the 21 Convention, and now the 22 Convention as an event alongside that. I've done that every day of my adult life, basically, since I was 17, went to college, left the house. So I don't know. Probably an entrepreneur, though. Hmm. I mean, it's not. My father was an entrepreneur his whole life uh, since he was young, too, in his 20s. So it's probably not surprising that I ended up in this, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, Uh, working for people, as you can imagine, when I was younger, based on how I behave now on the Internet. It was not usually a good fit. Even if they're a lot older than me, there was a much more like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And obviously people are trying to manage you or, you know, lead you in a business uh, more directly. It's not always going to be a good, good fit. Yeah. I will say though, that you know, so I want to say though, you mentioned being, you know, successful business owner, entrepreneur. Absolutely. Um, I want to be a billionaire by 40. I'm not, obviously I'm 32, not a billionaire, but I do become a billionaire someday. And I want to use that wealth to basically abolish feminism over time. I think that's 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 my biggest goal that I have is is abolishing feminism culturally in every sense that it exists. You're like opposite making, Soros. Yeah, exactly opposite Soros. Yeah, and that's that's a massive goal. I mean, feminism is a trillion, multi-trillion dollar, uh, you know, disorganized movement around the world, and it has links to all kinds of you know other Orwellian shit, whatever. But in terms of feminism being a daily uh, occurrence in the West and in America, in terms of being hashtag constantly and actually influencing what people do men and women both. And men, I think we call this blue pill lies. That's how I see it. These are feminist lies, essentially, to make you less masculine and uh, less healthy as a man. And for women, too, it makes them masculine and you know fat and retarded, basically. So I want to end that. I want common sense masculinity. I want common sense femininity. I want to live in a free country. And I think running my business the way that I do and succeeding and surviving over the coming years and decades is a way to do that. Abolishing feminism is going to take a long fucking time most people laugh at me when I say this or they, they attack me for it. Like that's impossible, you know, whatever. And it's a massive goal. Like it's the biggest goal that I have. If I was, if I can do that, that would change the course of American history to make it a feminism in totality, a figure, a historical uh, movement that's in the past, it's gone. And some sort of sanity has returned to men and women and how we raise men and women, boys and girls to become men and women. No more 400 genders, none of this fucking, all this other crazy shit. And uh, back to, you know, cut, return to common sense, return to common yeah. sense masculinity. See, that was what inspired me to think traditional conservative. But as you clarified, Ron Paul and Trump are not tradcons. But yeah. the traditionalism of culture is different. Sure. What you're talking about, just breaking free of the identity politics really is what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, I can you know, get behind that. Yeah, and I see, I'll see. i say too, the most track cons even politically are patriots. And I like that and I respect that a thousand percent. And I do like populism being, I think, a source of that we're seeing today in the MAGA movement and Trump. You know, it's a lot of different, you know, I'm an objectivist. I'm not Catholic. I'm not, I was raised Catholic, Christian. But I, got, I have a lot of friends who are Baptist, Christian, Jew, whatever. 
what's important to me in term in those sense in this sense is that they're patriots, that they g- deeply, genuinely love America and they love individual freedom and individual rights. That to me is just massive, not just for my own political freedom to exist and you know survive and thrive as a human being, but the kind of country and that I want to live in, the kind of values that I want to be around, the kind of decency that I want to be around. Cancel culture is the opposite of that. The fact that the red pill is on the run essentially from Reddit to trp.red. I mean, that's great that that is, you know, a thing that Red Pill School is doing. It just sucks that that it, that it even exists, right? It's a, it's it's shitty that it was necessary. Yeah, it's super shitty. I mean, it's it's dangerous that it's necessary. It's it's really sad, and it's not the kind of world, the kind of country I want to live in. And the fact that I have to hide my venue from feminists trying to cancel it, you know, protest it peacefully, you know, whatever. If they're not throwing Molotovs at me, you know, it's fine. Whatever, I'll get a squirt gun and go fuck with them or a bullhorn. I even had a bullhorn ready. I had to go yell at them in the street, but then they didn't come. What's well, the antithesis? Yeah. The antithesis to a free and open society. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. bad, man. Real bad. So where it's like is gulag? Gulag, bad. It is. Uh, so where is Anthony Johnson's dream of say twenty years out? Where do you see yourself? How would you like to see the society change? We've talked yeah. a little bit that all, a little bit about that already with uh, the cultural changes. But what sure. about you personally? Where do you see yourself in say 10, 20 years? Will you Definitely. be still running the convention, a media empire? Or is that the moonshot yeah. billionaire, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to run, I want to make, become a billionaire through 21 studios, make this this massive media empire. Uh, that's going to be really difficult for a thousand different reasons, right? Anyone succeeding that levels, that's difficult at any point in American history. Doing it now with cancel culture though, and after choking off the internet, choking off the lifeblood you need to even reach people uh, in a free and kind of open uh, internet that we used to have. That'd be difficult, but yeah, I think the convention's a way to do that. Uh, the internet is a way to do that. So long as there's still, you have the ability to even have a website, right? But they don't come for that shit. Like try to Alex Jones and kick you off the internet and shit. But yeah, definitely probably still running the convention. Um, I'm sure it'll be different then as it is, you know, it's 14 years in now. It's way different than I, when I started it. I mean, holy fuck. Even the guys like Socrates, a buddy of mine has been speaking since 2011, even since 2011 or even 2014 to now is a massive difference. The red pill injection in 2017, when I found the red pill Reddit uh, subreddit more thoroughly, I found it a couple of years before that because they post links to our videos and stuff, but I didn't really understand what it was. But then I found it and then I found, you know, the rational mail and I was like, wow, this is fucking awesome. You know, cause I was pissed off at the pickup community too back then. Cause I, I'd seen them getting more soft and I was like, this is not, you know, me being more general self-improvement for men. That's one thing, but there's also like a softness to this. I was increasingly getting hostile with feminism, which was not really approved in the pickup artist community. Mm. So, um, this is trying to, th- yeah. Oh yeah. Where I'm going to be 10, 20 years. Yeah. I want to have a family. I want to figure that out. I tried that once before. I ended up accidentally marrying a prostitute. Uh, so that was, not, whoa, that was whoa, not whoa, good. whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just gloss over that one. How did you didn't that? Know, wait, you didn't know that? Oh man. No, that's a great man. one. That's a great one. Yeah. Wow. That's is, how, that's like how I entered the red pill. I was like my first post in the red pill. I was like, Hey guys, check this out. I'm married a fucking prostitute. Here's a video on it. Wow. Yep. No, I, that was news to me. Mm-mm. So that'll, uh, yeah. Wow. I'll have to be, look that be, one up. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just go and it's probably still on the subreddit or on YouTube. Just type marrying Medusa. Hmm. Now I didn't get legally married, so that was a big deal. Okay. Because of because of the pickup community and because of the men's rights community, I was I've been into that since about 2013, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, Polly alum, you know, the spearhead, you know, stuff right. like that. It was obvious to me from guys coming into the pickup community, uh, you know, rightfully justifiably bitching about the marriage laws and family court. They were devastated by these things, 
And a lot of guys that were young, they would just brush us off, like whatever, who cares? But I was reading these posts and these guys and they were golfing going, going through the same shit, shit that we, we see now on the red pill, right? And that we're familiar with family court and all this. So between that and the men's rights community being more explicitly opposed to, you know, divorce court and all this stuff, I was like, something's just fucking wrong, like fundamentally wrong with marriage today in America. So with my ex-wife, so to speak, we had a wedding, we had a private marriage, I called it, and basically everything except the marriage license with the state of Florida. So wedding ring, families came out, she changed her last name, she went to the courthouse, got her last name changed, mm-hmm. new social security card, new driver's license, new passport, all that shit. I mean, we, we did the work, so we were married for two years, so to speak. But I protected myself from this crazy BPD hooker. I found out she's a prostitute eventually. And uh, yeah, that was great, you know, leaving... That was a great experience. You know, it was, it was rough. I mean, it was emotionally heartbreaking and devastating, like any kind of, you know, bad breakup like that. But I didn't go through any of the devastation the guys go through with children and family court and getting your shit stolen from you. Uh, I was wise enough to stay out of that. And Ron Paul is actually a big, a big influence of that too, because he was much in favor of uh, private, privatizing marriage completely. Even Rand Paul's son today is in favor of that. And that's great. And they gave me kind of the idea for that. I was like, why should the government be involved in marriage at all? Like they, they, they're religious. So they were talking about being a religious uh, ceremony or private ceremony. I was like, I'm not, I don't need to go to a church to get married. Like if I want to get married and start a family, why should the government be involved? That's my decision, her decision and the families and friends should be involved. That's it. Yep. So between Paul Elam, Pickle Bar's community, Ron Paul, they came up with that idea. But yeah, married overlap, I think in our backgrounds in that sense. And yeah. it's the backgrounds that really drives this entire community where yep. much of it is just sharing our experiences so that the younger guys and others learn from our mistakes so they don't have to repeat them. Yes. That, I mean, I say this probably every time we do a video or near enough it's yeah. Learn from our mistakes. So you don't repeat them and also learn from our successes. So you can replicate them. If you, uh, but it's what works for me may not work for you or vice versa. That's fine. Everybody's unique, but at the same time, like Bruce Lee said, you know, everybody's got two arms, two legs for the most part. So there's gonna be so many things that are going to work the same. You just got to learn which ones are those for you. Yeah, I don't think anyone today has a really bulletproof solution for building a family in America. Like, how do you do that? Oh, man. No matter which way you cut it, it's risky and dangerous. It's fucked up. Well, that's Uh, where we have hard mode. Our show, we just started it. We're going to have a second mm -hmm. episode uh, pretty soon, actually. And it's only by guys that are in long-term relationships, marriages, who have Mm -hmm. kids, you know, hard mode. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah, that's geared towards that. You should check it out sometime. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm single right now. I've been single for about five years. Thank God. Mm. Single mingling and, uh, you know, loving it. But, you know, like I mentioned the long term, I do want to build a family. Um, probably the private marriage route is I'll do that again. Uh, maybe an American chick, maybe not. I went to Poland for the convention last year. We did it in Warsaw. It was fucking awesome. I was super impressed with the women there and the culture, which I'd heard about Eastern Europe, Central Europe before from speakers that used to go to Ukraine, Romania and stuff. But I didn't really believe it or understand it. I was like, they're telling me the truth, but I'm not, it wasn't, the impact wasn't there until I went there. I spent a month in Poland in 2019 and it's just amazing. It's night and day. It's like 1950s America with iPhones and Wi-Fi. Yep. The oh, women I, are so I, sweet. They're feminine, beautiful. Yep. Like it's awesome. None of the, there's no fat women. It's great. Well, if there are, it's because they, you know, go off the plane with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're, it's the same thing. I saw that in Sydney where everybody where I was at was hot. The only obese people we saw were the ones coming in from America. That's right. Yep. So, but yeah, it was, uh, it's funny that you mentioned your, you know, Europe like that. It's, uh, Romania and Latvia are my old stomping grounds when I was in the military. Wow. 
absolutely agree. It was amazing. Yeah. So that's, I mean, we had guys marrying the girls that were in our hotel, just wow. staff. It's like, it's yeah. Well, that's military too. They're not, yeah. that's a whole nother story. High divorce rate. Yeah. Super high. Yeah. I, yeah, probably. But man, were they nice and all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we covered all of the main questions here. Like, what about you? Like, what are some of your hobbies? Let's get to know you a little bit as a, you know, whoops. Sure. Still there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's get to know you yeah. a little bit. Like, what are your hobbies? You know, what's when you guys go out to eat, like, do yeah. you do keto? Do you just say the hell with it? Have some fun chocolate. What, what do you got? What do you got for me here? I've been a uh, paleo diet guy since Halloween, 2008. The date oh, wow. is incidental, but I would found the paleo diet before Marxist and I'd found, you know, paleo before that. And I've been experimenting for years before that vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, this young college kid kind of trying to figure out stuff. Tony Robbins, you know, I'll blame the vegan on, but I was full <laughs> vegan for like a year. All right. And, uh, but I've been paleo diet ever since. Now I'm not like super strict paleo, uh, so to speak. I mean, Mark Sisson promotes like a primal blueprint kind of diet, which is different. Mm -hmm. But I, I basically, so I see the red pill as kind of a, the same thing as paleo diet. For me, the paleo diet is looking to our history as human beings physically on this planet and what we did and what we ate and how we lived and how that influences us now and how can we respect that nature to live a great life. Uh, nature to be commanded is to be obeyed. Uh, as a saying, I think from Francis Bacon, Ayn Rand was you know, very fond of that uh, saying too. I really believe that. And I think the red pill is basically the same thing. Uh, it's basically trying to look at the fundamentals of human relationships and sexuality, uh, masculinity and femininity, and trying to understand what that is and how that's built into us over a couple hundred thousand years of evolution and choices. So paleo diet, that's what that is for me. It is not, I don't try to mimic what, you know, cavemen ate. I try to just respect my body and what it expects me to eat, to live healthy and long, you know, great life. A uh, big fan of Drew Bay, uh, still in all high intensity training. Uh, I lift weights uh, about once a week, sometimes twice. I've done that. Uh, body by Science actually is a book I'd recommend on that from Doug McGuff, one of our speakers. Drew Bay wrote, I think, the forward in it or the beginning section. He helped hugely with the research in that book, Body by Science. Excellent book. Man, I'll tell you what, Doug's, uh, his breakdown of what happens at the cell level yeah. is amazing. If anybody's yep. not seen that yet, I'll have to post the link down below. It is outstanding. Oh, his speech or something yeah. like that? His speech yeah. that he gave at your convention years ago. Yep. It was, yeah, 2010. Yeah. He broke out the little whiteboard and drew it yep. all up. It was great. I have the whiteboard in my garage still, man, and the book's behind me. Yeah. All right. So paleo diet, you know, lift weights. Uh, and I think, you know, lifting weights once a week. Number one, lifting weights, I think, is by far the best form of exercise there is. Nothing else even comes close. Mm -hmm. I think what most people consider to be exercise is not it's just miscellaneous physical bullshit that they do. Uh, taking a huge shit, for example, is not exercise, even if it, if it produces a, uh, some effects of exercise, like you'd be out of breath. So, yeah. I've never heard that analogy, but I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll read yep. you. Drew Bay says that uh, he, he wrote a blog post on it once that effective exercise is not the same as exercise effects. These are two different things. So yeah, but all about weight training, lifting weights. And I love that the red pill has been huge on that too. I don't always but, agree with you know, the specifics of it, but lift, right. lift, 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 lift. Uh, the pickup you just said community. a very key word right there. Training versus exercise. That's, that's the key distinction yeah. in, my, in my, my view. Oh, for sure. Yeah, training yeah. Is, is good. It's going to have a, a measurable effect. Yep. You've got an end goal. There's a structure to it. You can measure yep. progress. Exercising, not so much. You just kind of go in there, you do a treadmill, whatever. Eh, but training, you know, yeah. Anyways, I didn't mean to distract you. That's all right. Thread jacket there. Uh, beyond that, I love guns. Uh, this year in particular, I've been stocking up on more guns and ammo. I'm not like some gun nut per se, but 
maybe someday it'll be gun nut, uh, with even, you know, huge amounts of money. Uh, but I hang out with a couple gun nuts, guys who are really into it, guys who have been firearms instructors, ex-military, Navy SEALs and shit, uh, all kinds of stuff. And I love just shooting whenever I can, training. And I've been in, uh, into guns. I got my first handgun 2009, and I got my Godzilla weapons permit, or 2010. Now, like, late 2009, I think. All right. Yeah. So I've been, well, you know, into handguns and shotguns, and uh, I got an AK-47 this year. I'm loving that. I got a little 22. I'm teaching my sister how to shoot uh, that gun, one of my sister's. Yeah. And a uh, big fan of Nintendo, actually. Uh, old school. You know, Super gotcha. NES, N64, GameCube, Wii, Wii U. You know, Wii U, best console ever. People make fun of me for this shit. I don't give a fuck. I love Zelda, all this stuff. I'll kill you, Mario Kart, especially Splatoon. Yeah. I don't actually play a lot of this stuff, unfortunately. Uh, I just play like maybe an hour a week or something like that. I spend a huge amount of time on the business. Sometimes I'll, you know, throughout the year, if it's far away from an event, maybe like around Christmas, I'll spend some time on this stuff. Uh, knock out a game or two, but uh, yeah, always been a huge fan of Nintendo and for business too. I think right. they're highly underrated to to model and study as a business. They're hugely successful. They have like a crazy amount of money stockpiled, like hundreds, like I don't even know billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. Now you're talking my language, man. I love uh, I love investing. I love that game. Yeah, but that's a whole another conversation for another day. Um, but yeah, next time you're up in uh, in the DC area, man, or Northern Virginia. Hit- I got some good places I can take you down there uh, if you like to go shoot. Silver, sure. Silver Eagle Group, Heritage are probably two of the best ranges around, in, in my opinion. Nice. Um, indoor for the most part, but man, are they nice. Yep. Check them out sometime. And I don't get paid to say this. It's just I've been down there. I, I was impressed when we went. Loved it. Can't wait to go back. Nice. And also, we have uh, Machine Gun Nest. Yeah, nice. Fuck yeah. yeah Automatics so, and stuff. Oh, yeah. Go outside and it's yep. and just go ham. Nice. Other than that, man, uh, I'm a Florida guy. I'm 100% Florida man. There was memes on that when the you know tw- the the Make Them Gradient came out. Oh, Florida man is at it again. So I love the beach. I love fishing. Uh, not in hunting yet. I've never been hunting, but I'm gonna go soon. Hog hunting in Florida. Mm. So I want to get into hunting a little bit. Try that out. See how that goes. Shoot a couple hogs, something like that. I didn't realize uh, Florida had uh, had like a hunting would be yeah. big for that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the seasons and stuff. Like I know bears right now you can't hunt, but you used to be able to. And they're saying you can in a couple of years again soon, 2022 or something like that. Wait, did they you win. say bears? Bears, yeah. Florida has bears. Yeah, man. Black bears, dude. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Had no idea. Maybe another kind of bear too, but no, at least the black bear. Yeah, we have black bears, man, for sure. Alligators, black bears, crocodiles, sharks, snakes, anything mm. that could fucking kill you is in Florida. Mm. It's like America's Australia. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. what I actually, before I went to Australia back in 2012 for the convention, I really always thought of Australia as like a massive Florida. And I didn't get to see huge amounts of it, but that, that really is the feeling I got. You know, all the sharks they have, crocodiles, kangaroos and shit. Yeah. But yeah. they even have other stuff too, massive spiders and shit. Fuck that. It depends on where you go, just like anywhere else. Like yeah. where I was at in Sydney and, and some other towns, it's not bad at all. No wildlife. It was just hot girls in city. <laughs> Dude, Melbourne. I went to Melbourne. That's where we had the convention. It was Melbourne. I wanted to do it in Sydney, but with cancel culture, I think it's like impossible now. Mm. It's such That's a massive risk. Yeah, it sucks, man. I told the guys back then in 2012, we did it in Melbourne. I was like, yeah, we'll do it in Sydney, you know, probably not next year, but like a year or two. But it's, mm-hmm. it has never happened. I don't know if it ever will. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's such a feminism is a big, big thing in Australia, even more than America, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's so risky to put on an event and then risk it being canceled with an event that far out in the world. And it's such a pain in the ass to get out there in terms of the flight. There's a lot of money about, about all the speakers' flights, you know, 10, 20 speakers. 
So it's a huge amount of money to put down on the line and then have the government say, you know, like Roosh, you know, he got banned out of the UK. They could easily say, oh, fuck you. You can't come here because you're anti-feminist or something. I was about to say that because I think it was one of the guys from RSD got banned from Australia yeah. or Canada. Maybe both. Julian, Julian, Julian Blanc, it's yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah, that's, they that's easily. cancel culture taking the extreme. You can't even go to a country. Yeah. Man. It's, it's evil is what it is. It's evil. It's pure evil. And it, it's fucking, it's super dangerous stuff. Yeah, I hate it. But at least in Florida, you know, things are going pretty good here. Got an awesome governor. Mm-hmm. Still got some freedom. Still put on conferences. No problems. Well, who knows? Maybe next year I'll be moving down there. We'll have to see. Yeah, man, for sure. Yep. Yeah, when you, if you ever come to Orlando, hit me up. Grab a drink, yeah. grab some foe, whatever, go shooting. Will do. Like I said, if you're up this way, definitely you'll have to check it out and uh, I'll show you the yeah. ropes. Yeah, if it's um, not burning to the, burning to the ground with peaceful protesters. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there anything you want to pimp? How do people find you? Sure. Uh, most of my social media accounts personally are beach muscles. Uh, <laughs> just like it sounds beach muscles. Uh, you can also find uh, 21 studios on YouTube at youtube.com slash two one, or just type 21 studios, 21 convention, you pull it right up. Uh, and I'd say beyond that to support my company, support what we do. You can join 21 university with a free one month trial at 21 university.com or on the app store. Uh, you can search the app store, Google or Apple for 21 university, pull up our app. That came out this year, right during the convention, I finally. Did not know that. That's, yeah. yeah. All the links will be down below in the description. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah the apps are brand new and they're kicking ass. And yeah, that's, unless we get kicked off the app store now, it's one of our main ways to distribute the content. We have our own app now. So everyone else can right. lick my balls. Worst case, they can sideload it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hope not though. Fuck. We'll probably be all right. Yeah. But thanks, man. It's been a, been a fun show. I appreciate you having me on. I'm glad you can make it. Thanks for uh, for joining us. So again, yeah, check him out. 21 Convention, Anthony Dream Johnson.